Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey podcast with Jim Belial. And alert the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey podcast with Jim Belial. Trap, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Country music and fine moonshine. You look like the vermin-ridden son of a bitch you are. A podcast for every Everyone in the good old USA and all around the world. Over there, over there, send the word, send the word over there. Quality booze and country music at its best. So you're saying, can you set my country music award on fire? The music, nice and loud. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to 11. 11, exactly. You can email the show at bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. That's bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. It's just swimming with bow-legged women. All social media can be found at Boots and Whiskey Podcast. The show is great, even if you're sober. Well... My advice to you... Start drinking heavily. Jim loves his music and his whiskey. A real woman could stop you from drinking. It has to be a real big woman. This is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Great music, great booze, and fun, even for you non-drinkers. Y'all want to drink whiskey? I'd like a Coca-Cola in a clean lab. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. As always, I am Jim, I am your host. I have a confession to make. My confession is this. My confession is I'm an absolutely shit host of this show. The reason is... This episode with Jennifer Lauren from... Diamonds and Whiskey, the lead singer of Diamonds and Whiskey, the brains behind Diamonds and Whiskey, was supposed to come out a long ass time ago. Okay? I got super crazy um, with some things, some things happening in my personal life, with work, um, whatnot, around the time we had done this episode. And it had come to my attention from somebody on Twitter, I believe, and they had tagged me, you know, hey, have, you know, diamonds and whiskey on the show. And it's like, well, and, and then my brain went, they've been on this show. The, sh- the show has been released. And then come to find out it never had been released. So for that, Jen, I am so sorry 
here is the conversation between Jen and I from Diamonds and Whiskey. Her her story of how she has become who she is in the band and everything with it is absolutely incredible. And I and I am sad that you have not heard this episode yet. I'm going to, uh, you know, it, uh, frankly, a lot of it was just bad timing. And I apologize so much. Um... I take 100% ownership on the delay on this episode. It was never intentional. I'm actually upset that it hasn't come out sooner. Um, you know, with that, honestly, there's not much more to say. You know, I'm, I feel like a jerk. I'm so sorry. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. Um... Yeah, I've actually bumped episodes to put this out right now. Um, that's how much my flub has is meaning to me, you know, because I've uh, it's only been within the last, you know, last week. Last week's episode was ready to go before I even, you know, as I was being told this this had happened, and to me it's unacceptable. It's not okay. And to everybody else that um, today was supposed to be Dane Lewis's episode, um, he will be next week, and then we'll we'll bump can you know going forward. Um, but you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry it happened. Unfortunately, it happened. Right. Um. This is this is my apology, and I'm so sorry to her to the fan base of diamonds and whiskey. I totally understand if you're all pissed off at me, I'm pissed off at me. So, um, but before we get to our conversation, you know, just going to do some plugs here. Wojcik's farm will be the master of ceremonies there. June 11th. We got a little plug coming up to our friends at CMV. They also get one too. Um, everybody else saw authentic Matthew Allen photography, dirt road scholar supply company. So thank you so much for everything and um i hope you enjoy the conversation with jennifer lauren from diamonds and whiskey because i certainly did i know i did um i know i do um she's the sweetest and um honestly thank you for your understanding um without further ado here is our conversation hey guys just firmly reminder we are coming up on our one year boots and whiskey podcast anniversary we are kicking it off a great celebration, June 11th, Country Jam, Wojcik's Farm, 65 Milk Street, Blackstone, Massachusetts. This is a 21-plus event from 1 p.m. to 10 p.m. Cat Country is going to be there out of Providence. Come check it out. Get your tickets. You'll be able to see Wendy and the Cultivators, Pete Tyler Band, Trigger South, the Pub Kings, Goat Roper Band, Houston Bernard, and Timmy Brown will be our headliner. It's going to be a hell of a night. Get your tickets. You're not going to want to miss it. June 11th. Country Jam, Wojcik's Farm. We'll see you there. I also want to say a big thank you to our friends over at CMV Music Network for sponsoring today's episode and helping us bring it to you. Always remember, CMV Music Network, it's where musicians come to play. Hey, Jen. Hey. How are you? Good, how are you? Good. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you great. Can you hear me? I can hear you perfect. 
Oh, good. Okay, I was worried because I'm in the in the car, but I'm, I hope this works out. Yeah, no, I'm sure it'll be great. Um, so thanks for being on. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, so just to kind of give you a quick little rundown, this is all about you. You know, this there's real well, money. Honey, it always is. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I like to hear. Um, <laughs> You know, there's no agenda with this show. This is all about you and telling me about how you got to where you where you are and what you've been up to. And I will I will come across questions as they come up per our conversation. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. So so go ahead. Tell me what you're who you are, the name of your band, what you're up to, what you've been doing, and we'll go from there. Well, I'm Jennifer Lauren, and my band is Diamonds and Whiskey. Two of our favorite. And uh, we are from Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm a Carolina girl, born and raised, and um, started playing when I was old enough to reach the keys, and then started singing and playing in church, and trained to sing opera in high school and college, and and that's kind of where my singing started. And then a lot of trials in life uh, took me in different directions, and later I founded this band, and I a lot in between there and we'll get into some of that but I founded this band about three and a half years ago and it kind of just started taking off because I don't know how to not throw myself into something um, and work my butt off <laughs> so I wrote two records our second one's getting ready to come out full-length album um, and yeah we've traveled the country the past year uh, we were supposed to do that the year before but COVID took our tour and I don't know, it got much bigger than I meant for it to. I didn't start this band thinking that, you know, major acts and, and put out all this music, but I don't know, it just it ended up this way. So now we're getting bigger and bigger, and here we are. Yeah, and that's awesome. That's incredible. So, bef- so before this band, were you just singing by yourself? Were you singing at all? Were you just kind of, you know, doing other things? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was doing other things. So I... um. You know, I, I sang a lot of opera and classical music and um, Broadway tunes. I thought that's what I wanted to do in high school and college. And then uh, life happened, and it didn't work out that way. I wanted to stay closer to home for family reasons and um, ended up getting married, having a baby. And he was one pound and had so many health problems. So I spent my 20s caring for my son. Basically, he had a trach and feeding tube. And uh, so I kind of let music fall by the wayside because I was so busy with that. And then when he got big enough, um, you know, I decided I wanted to go back to playing. And I, I have Lyme disease, so I've been really sick with that for years. And I wanted to play music again, kind of as therapy because I was going through a lot. And <clears throat> that's why I decided to get back to music. But I needed to wait till he didn't require so much care, you know. And so that's kind of sure. what took me away from it for so many years. And then I thought I would play some covers, and I kind of did the alone thing for a little bit uh, with a guitarist I knew. We just kind of did a duo thing, and I was so sick. I, I guess I don't know. My pain just started coming out of music. I I started writing, you know, from that, and then about my childhood, and and then just other things that happened in my life. And next thing I knew, I had all these songs, and and so that's really how I got back to it. I I let it go for so long, which is probably good because I. I enunciated way too well for, for country or rock and roll. So people used to make fun of me when I tried to sing a country song because my enunciation was way too good from, from singing opera. You know? So yeah. um, 
but now you know I've, I've gotten back to my roots and moved back out in the country so um the country girl comes out so it's, it's a lot easier now yeah no absolutely so so would you describe your band as you know a regional act that has just become bigger than the region you've come from not exactly no i um you know, we've never been a regional act. I, I never did the bar gigs, never did. Um, I mean, I, when I was playing solo or with my little duo, yeah, but not as Diamonds and Whiskey. When I started this band and I really wanted to get serious about it, I treated it like a business and I went about it a different way. I mean, we've only been a band really about three and a half years total. And we've only played two years of that. And we've already toured the country. I mean, we've been back and forth um, everywhere for the last few years. Like, it's just been crazy actually um so we never really were regional we never played just at home or or in this region i mean we started out the first time i played we drove straight to alabama on to texas those were our first gigs i mean we never sat still and that's not normally how bands do it but i i spent a lot of time marketing on social media before we ever played our first gig i think the fourth time we played was in seattle washington <laughs> so wow um yeah, we didn't do things like typical bands do, and I wasn't afraid to just branch out and go. Um, and I, I learned that with the internet and social media, you can really do things differently now. You don't have to do it the same way. You can market yourself in different areas with targeted ads. Um, you know, when you have original music to put out, it really helps. So I did a whole record before we even went and played our first gig, recorded it, got it ready to go, and ready to release so that we had something to market, you know? Um, so it wasn't your normal, like, oh, I'm going to gig for a while, and that's how I'm going to make money. I worked my day job hard, and that's how I made money to put into my band. Um, so I kind of did it a little differently, and it's really worked for us. I mean, now we are we have a major sponsor. We're getting a bus. It comes in March. I mean, we, we leave for a major tour. We're going to open for David Lee Murphy for 10 dates. Uh, we've got dates with Travis Tritt and uh, other, I can't say a lot of big names yet for the summer, but we've we got a lot of big dates coming, so it's really exciting stuff. Um, but yeah, I just took a different approach and tried to treat it more like a, a business. Um, but it's still a labor of love and, and passion for me. I, I love music, and I'm so excited to be doing it. Like, I, I wish you could see my face right now because, like, my jaw is almost on the ground at this story <laughs> because it's unlike any other story I've ever heard in this industry doing this show. It's absolutely fascinating to me. Oh, well, I, I hear that a lot. You know, people are like, what? Because, you know, a lot of bands have been at this for, you know, five to ten years or more. And we've moved pretty fast. But I really, I tell bands call me. I mean, people I know, they're like, how are you doing this? You know, because we never did the bar scene. There's nothing wrong with the bar scene. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying sure. I'm older. so And I have children. So I can't be out till 2 a.m. playing four-hour gigs on Friday and Saturday. So I had, <laughs> I, had to, I had to take a different approach. I'm not young. And I'm on a, I'm fast-tracking because I don't have 10 to 15 years. I'm going to, you know, <laughs> I mean, honey, I'm never going to age. But, you know, my inside. <laughs> To be able to. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where I, I tried to think about a different approach and I really built a show too. That's another thing I tell bands. Don't go out and try to be like everybody else. Look at what everyone else is doing and do something different. And that's yeah. what we really try to do, create a show. And my motto is love it or hate it, but you won't forget it. And no one forgets us. I mean, we're we're different and I love that. And I don't care if people don't like it. I'm going to be who I want to be. And it took me a long time to learn that. Like once you accept who you are, 
um, and figuring out who you are is the hard part. But once you accept that, after you figure it out, um, then you can really soar. Um, being comfortable in your own skin is so important. So I tell other people this all the time. I'm like, you got to kind of think outside the box. You've got to be different because there's so many bands. There's so, I mean, every day is a new band on social media. Um, yeah. It's crazy. So got to stand out, got to connect to your fans, create a show that people want to see over and over. Um, so I think that's what we've done. And we put on an exciting show everywhere we go. People are like, oh my God, best band ever. You know, so that has to do with a lot of hard work and not being afraid to get out there and be a little crazy. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I, I love that you say that because, you know, even, even on this side of it, doing, you know, doing kind of this show that I'm doing, like there's, you know, I'm not the only country music podcast, right? Um, but, you know, I feel like I, you know, kind of stand out because I do it the way I want to do it. You know, it's not, you know, it's not a question and answer. It's not a, you know, it's not a fluff piece, more or less. It's just, you know, finding out about you and your craft and all those sorts of things and really getting to know you and where you've come from. And I think doing that, you know, the listeners will get a better understanding of who you are and your music and appreciate it a lot more. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And I love that too. My favorite podcasts are the ones where it's not regimented. I'm not going to get the same questions that everybody else gets. And um, I absolutely love that because I feel like a lot of people just read from a piece of paper and I'm like, I think it works better when you banter back and forth and you can get the real me that way. Um, yeah. It works a lot better for our artists. So that's really cool that you do that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I can't, you know, there's there's other shows that do that. It's like, you know, so where are you from? Oh, okay. You know, and it's like, no, that's that's boring. That's so boring. <laughs> you know, at least exactly. at least to me. You know. Um, oh no, it so, is. It absolutely is. So now that you you know, once you figured out, you know, really how to build this machine and put it out there, were you ever afraid of? like, oh shit, this might not work the way I'm hoping it's going to? No, not really. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but um, I'm pretty fearless in life in general, and I'm not afraid to fail. I've always been that way. So, I, And I've been very blessed. I've been successful in my career, you know, my, my day job, because I've always been that way. I'm always like, well, I'm going to try it, and if I if it doesn't work out, just pick myself up. And, you know, I get that from my, my dad in particular. He he told me when I was a kid, um, he had a big garage. I worked on cars with him growing up and I would mess things up. I mean, I tore the transmission out of his 55 Bel Air. I wrecked, <laughs> I ran his Corvette into a Mercedes in the garage, trying to move it. And like, you know, I made so many mistakes and working in his garage. I, I didn't know what I was doing, but he let me make them. And I would get upset and I'm like, Oh my gosh, daddy, I'm, I messed up. And he's like, Hey, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, it doesn't matter. Everything can be fixed. And I just think I carried that into my life. Like, he's like, you just have to try. He's like, and you're going to mess up over and over and over. You're going to mess up. He said, it's not the failing. That doesn't matter. It's what you do after you fail. And I know everybody hears that, yeah. but I've lived by that. I'm like, no, I'm not afraid to fail. I have made so many mistakes in this band. I, I can't even tell you. Uh, it's just been mistake after mistake or door slammed in my face or, you know, it really doesn't face me. I mean, there are days when I get down sometimes, but for the most part, nah. I, I just know failure is going to come at some point, little failures, and um, I'm going to push past it and pick myself up. And I think at this point, I can't fail because I've already made it past where I'm meant to go. 
Does that make sense? So making yeah. it is different in people's minds. I've made it in my mind. I I knew I made it when the first person on Facebook, one of our fans messaged me and told me I inspired them. That's all I ever really set out to do. So now that that happens all the time, to me, that's all I meant to do, really. And I've already made it. So now everything's just a bonus. And yeah. um, that's kind of how I see it right now. It's just a bonus. Like this whole sponsorship thing and, and all this stuff going on. I Dark Moon, our new Moonshine sponsor, they're incredible. Um, putting us in a bus and doing lots of other things. It's just crazy. I mean, I've worked really hard for this. But, yeah, I'm not afraid of failing. I'm not afraid that it's not going to work out. Because I, I think that um, as long as I work hard and keep at it, everything's going to go the way it should go. Yeah, no, that's incredible. That's absolutely, that's exactly the mindset I think everybody should have. You know, you can't, you can't be afraid to do something you love. And if you are, you're never going to do it. Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, I, it's funny you say that. I, was, I tell the story a lot, but I really, in my heart, like feel that people need to hear this. I went into Starbucks and there was a girl there that works there and I knew her because I go to Starbucks all the time and I was I'm kind of small town famous, I guess. Like people know me in the town I was living in. And um, I go in there and talk to her and she's like, gosh, I I wish I could do what you're doing. I, I really want to be in a band. I really want to sing, but you know, I'm a mom and I've got a job. And, and I looked at her and I was like, and, <laughs> you know, and she was just like, it's just a lot, you know? And I was like, yeah, it is a lot, but I'm a mom and I have two jobs. You know, and not only that, I was a special needs child. I've, you know, there, it's a lot. And now I have a, a three and a half year old. Um, you know, you can do, and I told her this, anything you want to do. We live in this land of opportunity. I don't care what anyone says now. It's going to be harder for some people than it is for others. That's the truth. Some of us are born with money. You know, our parents have money. Some of us aren't. Some of us yeah. come from all different walks of life. Um, and some of us have to work harder for it than others. That is true. But the opportunity is there. You can do it. I, and I come from nothing. I'm telling you, um, nothing. And so it's like when you when you come from that. And my my mama, she worked three jobs. She was a single mom. You know, my parents were divorced, and, and she didn't have much. You know, we were with her. We didn't have much, and she made it happen. I'm I'm telling you, you could do anything. And I told her that. I was like, if you want something bad enough, you'll make it happen. It's just what you want. What is it that you really want? You know. And I think once people figure that out they'd be a lot happier in their lives. But the whole, I can't, I can't mentality will never work out. It just won't. If you tell yourself you can't do something, it'll never happen. But if you tell yourself you can right. and you make it happen, it will happen. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, it's, it's really such a breath of fresh air to hear, you know, you can tell how happy you are and excited you are about all this, just in the tone of your voice, you know, even, even with the things you've touched upon, you know, that you've gone through in your life so far that have obviously have been a struggle and, you know, many other people would just crumble at the seams about and you have really taken it and, you know, used it almost like fuel to the fire. Yeah, that I do that. I tend to, when things get tough, it almost makes it like I have to just push harder. You know, I've, I have been through a lot, you know, my, my, um, you know, I've been, married, divorced, I, my childhood, I won't go into it, it was, it was pretty rough. Um, and then yeah. I've had Lyme disease for 25 years now, um, since I was a kid. And that's been awful. I was blind and deaf in a wheelchair in my mid twenties. Um, 
on death's door, I'm telling you, and I'm still fighting Lyme disease. I've had six ports. Um, I mean, I've got a picture of me starting this band and it was 95 degrees practicing in a storage building, port in my chest, IV hanging from the ceiling. Um, you know, it's just, I can't even tell you what I fought through to be here. I've had cancer. Um, you know, I had the car wreck last year, was on crutches in a wheelchair, had to have a screw and a pen put in my foot, couldn't even walk for the whole year. Like it was terrible and I'm still showing up. I'm like, you know, whatever it takes because I, I want people to know they can do anything. I mean, my dad had one arm, you know, and he worked every day of his life. Um, and he was, he was just so resilient. So how could I ever sit here and I'm so sorry that my my no. guitarist called my phone and I we had, I just left rehearsal and left my laptop there and I didn't answer it I ignored the call but I guess it cut our connection off I'm so sorry. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's it's part of the it's part of the whole thing. I should probably tell people that if any incoming calls come in or connections are bad, it will kick us out. And, but it never happens, and it rarely happens. So I know it's all I don't good. normally get it's, calls. I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, me neither. But it's cool. It's all part of the show. It makes what makes this show authentic and real. And so it's all good. <laughs> well, here I am again. But um, yeah. but we were talking. Yeah, we were just talking about you know giving up and keeping on, keeping on, and like I I genuinely feel that in my soul and want everyone to know that they can do whatever it is they put their minds to, and that's really my message and my music and everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, I, uh, I hate to really talk about me too much in these episodes because one people that have listened to all these episodes probably know enough about me. Uh, but you know, I feel that too, doing this, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to be 35 here in a couple of weeks and, um, you know, I started this whole podcast out of, uh, you know, my, to, to save my wife from having to listen to me talk about country music. And, you know, it's turned into this thing that I never expected in a million years for it to turn into, you know, and it's, you know, there's been times where it's like, all right, I can't do this anymore. It's taken up a lot of time, but then like somebody calls or somebody shoots an email or somebody reaches out and it's, it almost gives you that hope or that, that drive of, you know, you never know who's listening or who's watching or, you know, what door is going to open next. Right. Exactly. You know, so exactly. what I wanted to, yeah. And what I wanted to ask you with, with the success you're having was the idea of, and I asked this to everybody um, for the most part, but the idea of moving to Nashville or Austin or a music city and, and planting down some roots there. Has that ever been a thought? Um, it hasn't until recently. And that's just because now I'm in Nashville all the time. Yeah. Um, just meetings and, you know, it really is kind of the center of everything for music on the East Coast anyway, or over this way. So, uh, yeah, I've talked about it. My band's talked about it. Um, 
we don't know yet. I mean, yeah. I'm blessed to be able to hop in the car and drive there. And sometimes I catch a flight there because it's really short. Um, but the hotel room cost is getting pretty pricey. And yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. And now my job, my day job, you know, I can kind of work remotely from anywhere. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've actually just started discussing that recently, maybe making the move there now that music has become more my job, my full time job than anything else. So and starting in March. I mean, we tour again and we're we're booked all the way into October next year. So it's it's pretty crazy, you know, and now we're getting paid a lot more to that's, play. So so I'm kind of switching right. more to music. Yeah. Being my life. Yeah. That's incredible. That's you know, I I've never heard a story like yours before. And I think it's absolutely fantastic. You know, the way you've approached all this and the way you do it and the way it's all come together for you. You know, it's almost like it's backwards where, you know, you this whole business, this whole thing, and then decided to do it. You know, bands don't do that. And you did it and you did it really, really well. I think so. I think I've done well. I don't know. It was just kind of a, um, I don't want to say it was a whim. I, I, I thought it through, but it was kind of like, well, just try this, you know, because I, I really couldn't do it the other way. I couldn't get out and gig, you know, um, I couldn't get out and be out all the time, you know, having children, but I could play festivals and fairs and venues and all that stuff. But to get there, usually you have to gig pretty hard, you know, um, or at least back in the day. But now with, with all the social tools and everything, um, you know, you can really kind of circumvent that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you, did you find it easier to do it this way? I mean, the way you know how to have done it, but based on other people and talking to other people, do you find the way you did it to have been an easier option? Um, hmm. (laughs) Well, to me it is, it was, um, just because I don't mind working hard. When I say work my day job hard, I mean, I've worked hundred hour weeks, if not more, for the last, you know, four years. And I've always worked like that kind of, but this has be- become extreme. I've yeah. see when we were, when we went to play our first year, no one would book us. So I wouldn't play for free. I mean, I showed up at all these festivals and I played, but I paid my band. I paid them travel. I paid them to play. I took care of them, paid for all their food, you know, and I did that by working my day job hard. And I created a, a loyal band, first of all, because I mean, these guys will follow me and anywhere because they know I'm, I'm going to put them first always. Um, but I take care of them. I don't say, Hey, who come play this gig for $50? I don't do that. You know, like I, I work all night and all day and all night and all day. I mean, I don't, I don't sleep much, you know, but I really want this. And so, yeah, I don't know for everybody who gets is different. People say, Oh, I work hard. Oh God, I played two gigs this weekend. You know, you got to rest on Sunday. Well, you know, like I hear this a lot. Got to take a nap. I don't take naps. I don't, yeah. you know, and I know I'm a, I'm a different breed. I work seven days a week and we toured this summer. Here's a prime example. Our tour rescheduled from the year before and none of the dates were in a row. Okay. So before they were in a row, so we could catch the dates in a line, right? No, no. Yeah. Our tour rescheduled and we would be in Wisconsin one day, Colorado the next, then Kansas, then, you know, Montana or, I mean, it was like the craziest summer. So, all summer long, we ping-ponged everywhere all, all over the country, and I would fly home, work my butt off. I'm talking like not go to bed for three days straight, cram all my work into three days, fly back out, 
play gigs on no sleep. Like I was so exhausted. I got my three-year-old with me most of the time, you know, so I'm just like running like a crazy person trying to pay my band because travel cost us more than we were making this summer, way more because I had to fly my fiddle player from California. I mean, I just killed myself to make it happen. I realize that most people aren't going to do that. So my story isn't going to work for everybody else because they're like, oh, I'm tired. You know, being tired is just a way of life for me. I mean, I've fought this disease that literally has taken so much for me most of my life. So I'm just used to that. Um, so yeah, I know I'm rambling, sorry, but like, I really just work hard. It really is all I do. And I, I try to explain that to people. I just work hard, you know? <laughs> so, um, I don't know that this, I don't know that this path is for everybody or that they want to take this path. People like playing music. Maybe they like playing cover gigs on the weekend for four hours or three hours. I don't, I want to play my music and I want to throw a couple covers that I really enjoy in between. And I get to do that, but I had to work my butt off to get there. So you know, it's all really relative to what you're willing to do, I think, at the end of the day. What sacrifice are you willing to make? And mine has been time, obviously, and and my body a lot because I work my butt off, you know, but it paid off, you know, so here we are. Um, I don't really know how to answer that, but I, I would think somebody out there could take this path as well, you know, if they're willing to do it. Yeah, no, absolutely. So when – how did you – did you have all the songs that you've written and done Were those like sitting somewhere before you were to, before you went in and recorded them all? Or did you kind of write them as things were happening with this whole endeavor that is diamonds and whiskey? Um, no. So it's kind of weird. Um, I, I didn't have them sitting. I didn't honestly know I could write music when I was younger. You know, I didn't, I really just started writing right around the time I founded this band, maybe a little bit before. Um, I, you know, but the whole Lyme disease thing is kind of where it started. And then I was in a relationship um, where I got, you know, got my heart broke and uh, for different reasons. But um, yeah, I just remember sitting at my piano and um, things just started pouring out of me. It's kind of hard to explain how it all started. But the first 10 songs I ever wrote were the first 10 song or the 10 songs on Heartbreak Queen. I don't know if you've listened to our first album, but those are the first 10 songs I wrote. Um, basically, the second 10 are going to be on Blonde Ambition. Um, so, and then I've already written album three, and then I've got some other singles um, I've put out. You know, we have that one in a film, Walk On, and um, we redid Devil Went Down in Georgia, so I kind of rewrote the music for that. We licensed it and everything. So, I just... Yeah, I haven't written like a hundred songs and picked the good ones. Every song I've written is either on an album or going on an album um, or has been released. Um, I try to, I don't, I don't really know. It's, it's hard. People are like, what's your process? Well, I don't really have a process. I just, I could be driving down the road and something hit me and I write a song. All my songs were written in three to five minutes. They're not things I pondered on. Um, they all came out in, of emotion. You know, I felt some emotion and the song was written and then I, put it to the side and move on um so sometimes I rap sometimes I put on like an Eminem beat or whatever and I rap to it and that's how a song comes out <laughs> so it's that's um, awesome. it's weird yeah it's different I mean I don't write for a specific genre if you listen to my stuff there's everything from on this re record coming out bluegrass to ragtime to straight up rock and roll 
to straight country to then country rock or swamp rock. I mean, it's all over the place um, to pop, actually. And so and my first record is kind of like that, too. You'll find elements of everything. Blues. Uh, I just write, honestly. And however that comes out is how it's going to come out. And like I said, I'm just going to do what I want, I guess. And I think when something's good, people can't really deny it. And that's kind of the way I see it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when have you had any radio play at home or anywhere else? Yeah, we've actually, um, we've gotten a good bit, especially recently. I mean, we were just on Lightning 100 in Nashville. You know, we've had some big FM play. We're playing on stations in Texas, North Dakota um, in particular. North Dakota loves us. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we get radio play. There's Carolina stations here that play us, some bigger stations. We, we were just on uh, CBS Morning Show in South Carolina, and we're going to be on Today Nashville. Um, yeah, we've gotten a lot of, of good press and radio play recently in particular with our walk card single um that one seems to be the one that's been taking off and now hero which is on my first record has started streaming like crazy so um and we've had radio stations pick that up even though it's not really that country uh people seem to really dig that song i think they feel the lyrics you know pretty good so it's um yeah we, we're really starting to take off in that area our TikTok actually just started going crazy which is nuts to me um so um, yeah. That's a good feeling too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I I had jumped on the TikTok bandwagon with with this, with this. You know, I'd done a few things and then started to get like millions and millions of views, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then you know, just kept weird? with it because it's yeah, yeah, and I'm like the dumbest things too. Like in in reality, the dumbest things are getting all these views. You know, it's kind of like. I use it as like the behind the scenes outlet of whatever, you know, whatever this show is and people eat it up. Yeah. I haven't done that yet. So like, I know that's the way that it happens and like you do the dances and all this stuff, but like, I've really kept it to music stuff because I really wanted people to connect to the music. And then I thought, well, this is never going to happen. But then I put a snippet up of warrior, the song I wrote, um, it's about my dad, who was an amputee, and he passed away back in September. Well, I was in the hospital at the time, so I posted a snippet of it, and I really wrote it for him. And then the veterans in my family, my papa was a World War II vet, my uncles were Korean War and, and Vietnam War vets. And so the song is really about just, you know, kicking the day in the butt every day, you know. So, like, I wrote it right about that. Well, I put a snippet up on TikTok, and now, all of a sudden, in the past three days, like, our following just started going up and then people are liking it and sharing it. And I'm like, wow, what just happened? Um, so I'm really, I'm excited that a song did that. And it's not something like, you know, I don't know me boiling an egg and drawing on it or something. I don't know. I see all sorts of things <laughs> on, on TikTok that have all these millions of views. And I'm like, what is this? I don't even know what I'm watching, but I can't look away. It's like watching a train, a train wreck, but you can't stop yeah. watching it. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, no, absolutely. I mean, it's weird. I gotta find you on there then. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because there, there was one I had I had done, and it was you know right right after the CMAs or right before the CMAs, and like somebody was did a prediction, and you know I kind of like um, duetted it or whatever the hell it is, and you know it, it got so many views and likes and comments, and I was like, I just like literally just agreed with this person on some of these things and like that's that's what you're going after we'll we'll take it we'll take it sounds good 
<laughs> right, right. Well, um, where are you located? Um, I'm so I am about an hour and ten minutes south of Boston. Okay, I know it's north. I just wasn't sure if it's northeastern or north midwestern because you're you're a boat is not Canadian enough really for like no. the Dakota side. Yeah. So I was like listening to your accent, but I'm like wondering which part. We played in Boston um a couple years ago before COVID hit. Uh at an amphitheater there. It was pretty cool. That's the only time yeah. I've been to Boston. So you either play so you played outside. So you either played at the pavilion or you played at um whatever the hell it's called now in Mansfield. Because those are the it only a- two that I can think of. It's called Herder Park. It's a smaller little amphitheater. Um, it's a newer one. They just opened. Huh. Um, and yes, oh God, I can't remember who it's being curated by, but um, cool amphitheater. That was a fun gig. Um, it's got, I mean, it's pretty big, but it's, uh, it was a new thing. They just opened and they, since COVID, I think it's been shut down. So I'm not even sure they're doing it anymore. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, really, really cool place. Uh, I, um, yeah, I think that's with the band as far north as I've traveled with the band. I mean, I've been all the way to Maine up that way, but um, but yeah, that's that's as far north as we've ever played. I think up on that side. Uh, but I'm hoping to get awesome. back one day. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was just gonna say, is there any plan to get back up this way? You know, we are getting tons of like nor- up uh, upstate New York fans right now, and I'm getting requests all the time. I know. I don't know that we're gonna get up there this year, but the next year I think we're planning runs because this year our runs are all uh, all the way out west again. Uh, the Midwest loves us, so we're yeah. spending a lot of time in um, you know the Dakotas and um, you know Montana all the way out to Wyoming and and then you know going south from there and then hopefully Texas as well. We're going to Texas run right now. Texas is tough though. You know, they they love their Texas acts and we're not from there. Yeah, yeah. We're starting to get starting to get some love. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I uh I don't know. I hope so because I like it up there. Of course, we have to come in the summer. I can't be doing the cold. It's so yeah, no. you know, it's so here. We don't like snow. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's awful. I'm I'm so sick of the snow and the cold that it's you know, I as soon as my kids are old enough, we're out of here. <laughs> <laughs> how many kids do you have we have three so my wife has one i had one and then we had one together so um oh, yeah it. yeah we have a full house that's for sure oh god bless you it's not easy but, yeah no no and you know it, it's even harder when you have to deal with not not in a bad way but you know manage other parents and you know their schedules and you know other people's lives you know it's it it it's not as easy as when you're dealing with, you know, oh, these are all three of these are our, just our kids, you know, but we make it work and it's, it works out really well. Oh, good. That's really yeah. cool. Sorry, I like to know things about people too. So, no, no, absolutely. I, ask away because I, nobody ever asks me questions, which is okay because that's <laughs> not what this is about, you know, but it's, well, I like, yeah, you said it's all about me. I like to joke, but I genuinely like to hear about other people's lives. So, um, yeah. it's, it's good to hear where you are and something about your life. So, thanks for sharing. Yeah, sure, sure. So, um, with this new album that you have coming out, when is that slated to release? 
Um, well, we're hoping for mid to end February. Um, I was going to release, I'm, I think I'm going to drop this warrior song like now because people are asking for it and it's really yeah. starting to take off. Um, and then I'm thinking I'm going to re- release one shot Betty right after, which is another single on the record. Um, but then, yeah, I think I'm just going to put it all out there because we, we need to press it and sell it at shows and we sell out of merch at our shows typically. So I'd like to get a, a the new album pressed and, and out there for people. Um, so yeah, I think either February or March, it's coming. Yeah. That's so awesome. I don't know if Paige That's told you, so... it's called Blonde Ambition. No, actually, she she didn't tell me, or if she did, it got lost in the shuffle. But that's awesome. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I think so. I think it's a cool title. It wasn't what I intended to call the record, but that's kind of what it morphed into. So, what did you intend to call it? Well, it changed. So I thought I was going to call it Warrior because that, you know, because of my life and everything. And then I thought, well, you know, One Shot Betty might be a good title. But Blonde Ambition, you know, I was talking to my producer at the time, Eddie C. produced my record. um, And he was like, I think Blonde Ambition is the title. And I was like, yeah, you know, I think so. Because I I love it. I think it's catchy. People are like, you know, because I haven't heard that since the Madonna tour. And, um, but like I always wanted to be blonde, you know, and I know this seems like a kind of a crazy little thing. Name your record after when I have cancer and Lyme disease and other songs I've written about. But Blonde Ambition, the song, is the story of me dyeing my hair blonde when I turned 18, and it's also a nod to Dolly Parton. You know, there's a little part in there about her, but um, I wanted to be this, you know, platinum blonde, and I had really dark hair <laughs> and. Um, I didn't wear makeup till I was in my mid-20s, but I always wanted to. There were so many things I wanted to do, and I was just so meek and shy. I was not this girl growing up. Um, But I learned over time that I could wear extravagant makeup, and people could look at me, and they could laugh, or they could do whatever. It didn't really matter, because I should do whatever I want to do as long as I'm not hurting people. And at the end of the day, that's really what I would want people to know. Like I, I would want people to be what they want to be, as long as you're not hurting anybody be yourself and love yourself. And right. that's, that's why I'm so happy now. It's like, I, I love myself and it took me a long time to get there. And to me, that's the meaning behind blonde ambition. If you watch Dolly Parton interviews and listen to her talk, I mean, back when she was starting out, she was flamboyant. I mean, she had big blonde wigs and, and this hair and, you know, a lot of other things. <laughs> and, um, yeah. you know, yeah. but, but she was secure <laughs> in her, in her talent and who she was as a person. And to me, that that's a huge message um, in particular for women. And so that's what I wanted my record to be about. Um, so that's why I decided on Blonde Ambition. That's awesome. That's, yeah, I, you know, your story is to me so cool. Like it's so, so cool. Um, you Thank know, you. like I said, you're welcome. And I know, and I know I've said it a bunch and it's probably beating a dead horse, but it, it's, probably the most unique story we've had on this show. I appreciate it. I hear that a lot. Thank you. People tell me that. And we haven't really dove into my life, but this comes from a lot of a lot of pain and suffering and, and learning a lot along the way. And, you know, I'm not 20 years old. I'm not 25. I've been through a lot. And so I'm not just, you know, and no, there's nothing wrong with that. I wish I could go back and start this career then. But to be honest, I don't know if I would would have had these ideas you know I had to experience a lot to get here and I've learned a lot so when I do these of course I think a lot of interviewers are used to maybe younger musicians or musicians that haven't experienced some of the same things which is nothing wrong with that but 
yeah, I do come from a different place and time really. And so I don't know. I just try to use my experience and be the best person I can be. And at the end of the day, that's really all I can do and hope that someone gets a blessing from it. Yeah. You know, and I really hope that, you know, the people that listen to this and hear your story, you know, realize that, you know, it's never too late. You know, you can always chase your dreams, you know, because they're never going to chase you back. Right. That's so, that's a good way to put it. Oh my gosh. I haven't heard it put that way, but it's so true. And, you know, people ask me what inspires me to do this. Why do I keep pushing? And I say that to people all the time because I'm not young. I'm, you know, um, I'm going to tell you how old I am, but I, (laughs) I, you know, I did start this later than most people. I mean, I'm not that old, but still at the same time, I'm a mom. I mean, my, my son's going to graduate high school. I've got a three and a half year old, you know, I started over and, and I have this crazy life that most people would look at and be like, oh my gosh, how do you find time? But that's what I want to say to people. It's never too late. It doesn't matter how old you are. It's all about how willing you are to work hard for it. And um, our talent meets hard work, you know, opportunity abounds. So I think that hard work for me is not that I'm not talented, but hard work has been at least 80% of this. I have put a lot into it. So, you know, I, I hope someone hears it and is inspired to do whatever it is that they want to do. You only get one life. And I hate to say that. I know that's cliche-ish, but YOLO or whatever. But <laughs> I think about that. I think about it every single day. Every day I wake up and I'm like, oh, I've got this day. How can I make it great? And um, what can I do today? What can I do today to push forward and uh, make my dreams come true? And I want my daughter in particular to know that. You know, she's she's little. She already gets on stage with me. She's a rock star in her own right. And I want her to start out knowing the things that I know now, if I can embed that in her, you know, just work hard. Don't be afraid. I've had stage fright a lot in my life and I was afraid to, to speak out in class. I was always so shy and meek and, and it took me till my thirties to like, be like, Oh my gosh, heck now I'm just going to go do what I want to do. And she already does that. And I hope that that is just me inspiring that in her and that she's, doesn't have the fears that I had. Um, so, so I don't know, maybe, maybe someone will be inspired by it. And, and that's really all that, that I could hope for. Yeah, no, you know, it, isn't it, it's so funny to hear you say about the starting over thing. Cause you know, I feel, I feel like we did that, you know, my wife and I, where, you know, my, when our, when our baby was born, you know, my stepson was already nine, you know, and my son was already, you know, four, you know, it, and it was just, it was just so weird that, you know, we have one kid that's halfway to 18 that can start making his own decisions and all this stuff. And then here we are with a newborn that, you know, the clock almost starts over again, yeah. you know, it, and it almost gives you a new lease on life where it's like, damn, I have a whole, almost this new lifetime to do things in. Yep. Absolutely. I was kind of panicked when I found out I was pregnant. You know, she was a surprise. Uh, antibiotics and birth control don't mix. Just let me know. Um, but, um, don't, don't ever try that. Um, um, but no, I wasn't, you know, I had a cord in and I was going through intense IV therapy and ended up pregnant with Phoenix, my daughter. And I was like, oh my God, because my band was just starting to go. You know, we we were just starting to play out and leave and and people are like, well, what are you going to do now? And I was like, I'm going to go play. I mean, yeah. I was going into labor while I was playing a show. 
I mean, she was born the next morning. I mean, I played my show, got off stage, went to the hospital. Um, That's awesome. You know, I had a cesarean. She was born at two pounds, 13 ounces. She was tiny, just like my son, but not quite as small as him. And she was in the hospital three months. Had a cesarean, got out of the hospital. A few days later, went and played our album release party. Um, You know, I just, I was in so much pain, but I still got my stilettos on and still went and did my job. And I was just like, you know, I'm... I'm just hell bent and determined. Yeah. Uh, pain doesn't last forever, typically. Now, my Lyme disease pain is an everyday thing, but, you know, you can work through pain if you really want to, or, or most pain anyway. So, I don't know. I just I just think anything's possible if you put your mind to it. Yeah, absolutely. I honestly, you know, thank you enough for being here. And taking, taking, you know, your precious time away from, you know, everything you have going on, you know, so I, I really thank you for that. Um, but before I do wrap this up and let you go, I do have two very important questions I have to ask everybody. Um, okay. Because we are the Boots and Whiskey podcast, and these, these are, these are hard-pressed questions I need you to know. Um, if you wear boots, what boots are you wearing? And if you drink whiskey, obviously you do. Um, what is your whiskey of choice or bourbon or rye or whatever? I'm not, you know, a whiskey snob by any, any, any stretch. (laughs) So I, I, oh God, I have a lot of boots. Um, but Freebird boots are my favorite hands down. I even post about them all the time. I wear them at most of my shows. Um, tonight I'm wearing sorrels or however you say it, cause they're my like up to negative 40 wool line boots, but, um, but Freebird all day long. And uh, whiskey, okay, you're going to hate me for saying this, because people are going to be like, that's not real whiskey. I love Fireball. Oh, my so, God, uh, I knew you were going to say uh, it. I knew it. I know. It's terrible. You put a little rum chata in that, and it's like freaking cinnamon toast crunch. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, um, yeah, I'm a girl. I'm sorry. And I don't drink that much. It's funny. I, I Diamonds and whiskey isn't because I really love whiskey, but I do love some Fireball. Um, I'm now a moonshine girl, the dark moon, it's coming out and that is like the best moonshine in the world. So I'm, uh, yeah, but those are my two free bar boots and some fireball whiskey. So is dark moon not out yet? No, it's a new moonshine and, uh, they are incredible. I'm talking like, I don't listen. There's a lot of girls out there say, Oh, I drank moonshine. Yeah, I'm sure you don't. Um, because that stuff is hair. I, that stuff is hair on your chest. Now I'm sure girls, some girls do, but it's like, that's hardcore for me. I'm not going to lie, but this moonshine is so smooth and they have flavors that you can actually really drink. I mean, it's incredible. I can't even tell you but yeah it's gonna be hitting the shelves this year uh they just started out uh they also have a cbd line that's already already out there um yeah they're getting ready to be huge so they just came on board offered to sponsor us and put us in a bus and and let us rep their brand everywhere and um they're the first to infuse cbd into moonshine and so that's going to be a thing too coming out um pretty awesome actually so yeah they're they're a really unique company that's awesome. So mm-hmm. we just started, you know, this show. I've I've just started doing um, in-depth YouTube channel-esque uh, whiskey reviews. You know, nothing, nothing crazy. Just you know, me and my buddy do it, and it's just guys that like to drink, and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I might have to reach out to them and say, "Hey, listen, I want to review your your stuff." 
And, oh, uh, please, please. We got, I would love that. Yes. Hell hey, yeah. I will put you right in touch with the owner and um, he will send you samples and you can try all their stuff, put up a video. They will love it. That would be amazing. Yeah. yeah I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, and, we'll and you know, even try to even try to coincide it for when this episode releases. Yeah, mm. that would be amazing. Yes, that would be a lot of fun. I will, I'm going to text him as soon as we get done, and I will put you right in touch with him. Awesome, that sounds mm -hmm. awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So, really, you know, I look forward to seeing you live sooner rather than later. Um. You know, I look forward to talking to you again and keeping this friendship going and I can't thank you enough for your story and you know how inspiring it it was and is and you know I really hope that uh, more people get that same sense of inspiration that I have just listening to it I you you are incredible what you're doing is incredible I, I can't thank you enough for being here Oh, thank you. That means a lot to me. Well, I really appreciate you having me on. I really enjoyed this. I love these kind yeah. of podcasts where we just talk. And if I can ever do anything for you, please let me know. And uh, let's stay in touch. We're friends now. Yeah, absolutely. Likewise, if, if you ever need anything, you got something coming out, let me know. It. I will send it out to the world. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Well, I will, awesome. I'll be in touch with that info, okay? Awesome. Thank you so much, Jennifer. All right. Have a good night. All right. You too. <laughs> Well, there you have it, folks. Um, my conversation with Jennifer Lauren. Um, I apologize for some of the quality in there. Um, as I was listening back to it, it um, I remember now, like I said, there was a lot going on at the time that we made the episode. Um, you know, I know she was traveling for, she was on tour or doing in between, in between shows and some things might have gotten cut off and I hope it didn't um, on your end. Um, but yeah, it was a great conversation. I, I love her resilience. I love her story. I love everything about this, this girl. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you. I got a crush on her. It is what <laughs> it is. What it is. Huge crush on Jennifer Lauren because of her, her story, because of who she is as a person. Um, just absolutely incredible. And, you know, I really hope if, if you can see Diamonds and Whiskey, do it do it because they're such a kick-ass country band rock and roll band they just have it and you know jen really has everything you know that a that a lead that a front a front woman <laughs> right um should have and she has it she has every ounce of it and um you know thank you for taking your time thank you for listening everybody um until next week Thank you to all of our friends. Check us out on social media. And yeah, um, we did Lansdowne Street Country thing. I don't even know if there's an actual name for it. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to look that up. Um, we did that this past weekend as well as Hardy, Nico Moon, Annie Brobst last night. Um, this week's crazy. We have Whiskey Myers on Friday. Um, so really next weekend, expect like three reviews coming. Um, I'm going to hopefully get those out soon. Um, I know I didn't have time to get them done today, um, or before today. So 
stay tuned for those because they're coming i promise um but until next time until next week keep the boots on the ground the whiskey and glass guys cheers good night